0: You're listening to the Military Working Mom Podcast with Dre Jones, episode 42, Advocating for Yourself Through the Medical System with TRICARE, featuring Laurel Pro. This episode was sponsored by Miss Military Mom. Ladies, if you have not gone to MissMilitaryMom.com and you are pregnant or nursing, this is the amazing veteran owned business who created military service shirts for nursing moms and they just came out with their maternity line. I absolutely love these shirts. I still wear mine and I'm 15 months postpartum just because they are so soft and that honestly they just add more shirt numbers to my wardrobe. But I am excited if I get pregnant again that they just came out with that maternity line. So Go ahead to MissMilitaryMom.com for all your maternity and breastfeeding uniform shirt needs. Hey ladies, all right, so today we are featuring on how to just get what you need through the medical system. Sometimes TRICARE isn't cut and dry. We've gotta go see a PCM, we have to you know, go through all the wickets and the steps on just to get what we truly need. You know, if you are like me having to get surgery, you almost have to wait months as you go through treatments first or physical therapy. Um, so we want to let you know that you can advocate for yourself. And to do that, we have a medical provider. Her name is Lauren Pro. She's a public floor physical therapist. But, you know, we're not going to talk about just public floor physical therapy. We're going to talk about all needs. And she has so much experience as she is a military spouse herself, as well as she has some medical conditions where she has had to tell the doctors on who she needs to go see and she's figured out that route for us today. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Laurel.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Well, you know, I'm so glad you reached out to me. And you know, after we talked to Dr. Fisher about pelvic health, it's just such a needed entity, and it's kind of a difficult passage to travel in the military realm with TRICARE, because you have to get approval, you have to have certain, you know, symptoms to get it. So you are here today to kind of tell us how to navigate that, uh, what the benefits are, and how as a military spouse, we can go ahead and do so. So first off, you know, let's start off with who you are and why this is such a passionate topic for you.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, my name is Laurel Prue. I'm a public health physical therapist and currently in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, started in orthopedic care, thought I was just going to work with athletes and like loved working with my triathletes and then realized that after they got comfortable with me, they would start talking to me about like, you know, at mile 10, I start leaking or like, oh, will this also help with my pelvic pain if I was working on their hip and started connecting the dots a little bit. And it took me down the path of um, pelvic health. And then I took a job as a researcher at Fort Sam Houston, Brook um, Army Medical Center. And really was working in the chronic low back pain studies and was realizing, if you hear sirens in the background, I'm so sorry, (laughs) we're right downtown. Um, But then it started, I started realizing we had a lot of the same questions about chronic pelvic pain um, that we have about low back pain. And as I dove deeper into it, as I was writing a grant and I was at Fort Sam, um, I realized how many of the active duty population, how much higher incidence chronic pelvic pain is in the active duty female population, um, and that the resources weren't really there, and then the path to resources weren't wasn't really there, so I've gotten very passionate about how do I get active duty or spouse of military who have this great health care right like it's free um I put that in quotes as if it's free um but then people don't know what resources are available to them or how to get those resources, and I'm still learning as a military spouse as well, so a um, military spouse, my husband's in the army. Um, we just got back from Germany, and I have some autoimmune health issues that have kind of been mysteries. And I've gone down my own path in, like, advocating for myself for certain specialists, and when we're in more remote places, that it's harder to find those specialists, or you're in a different country, how do you do that, all that Kind of stuff. So, um, I love talking about this with uh, other military folks because it's a specific challenge <laughs> um, to our system where we have awesome care and it's paid for, but it's not the clearest route on how to get to that care.
0: Okay, so my plan for this episode just totally went out the door because now oh, yeah. with all your experience and especially um, because you you know you have your own experience on advocating for yourself. I would like to focus on that topic because especially overseas, um, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. you can tell by the background, I just moved to Korea and, you know, they even mentioned like, hey, if we don't care for you, you go downtown and have to figure that Mm -hmm. out. So um, how do we advocate for ourselves no matter where we are in the military system with TRICARE?
1: Yeah, so let's first just like break it down. And again, I am not a representative of TRICARE. This is from like a consumer patient standpoint. This has been my experience and what I've learned. Yes, yes. Like, don't hold me accountable for your care, please. Um, but I've worked hard to, to research it for myself. So um, most people, if you're living on base or close to base, or if you are active duty, you have TRICARE Prime. So that is um, you know 100% covered, no copays, no deductibles, but you meet with that primary care manager and they are your conduit to get to other specialists, right So you can't really do anything without going to your primary care manager first. That person is assigned to you on base. And like you're in Korea. I was in Germany. Um, we, we were on a tiny base, and so we had like a clinic. we didn't even have a hospital. Um, but we still had that primary care manager there. And it was interesting to me because I assumed then that because they didn't have a lot of specialists right there, that then I would be able to find my providers elsewhere. But I was still on under Prime. So still with Prime, no matter how few providers you have on that base, then um, they still need to refer you out to that specialist. So that may be easier for some specialties and not for others. Like it was great for pediatrics asthma, GI, OB-GYN with people pregnant, having babies. Like they had those referrals like lined up. They knew their community, everything was good. So most of the time you're going to get a referral um, that they have. TRICARE has decided who they're contracting with and TRICARE will pay them that contracted rate. You see no bill. It's just like any other prime um, option. But for someone that I needed, (laughs) um, I have what's called mast cell activation disease. And it's like an overactivation of your allergy system. So I have anaphylactic responses to question mark anything, right? So we were 45 minutes from the nearest ER. It was not a good situation. Um, so I went about it. First, they sent me four hours to the next closest military allergist because that was their like contracted person that was closest. But What I know now is I should have gone directly to, and this is what you're going to do if you have this issue, is go directly to your patient liaison um, that's in your clinic. They're wonderful. They know all of your contracted folks. And if there's not someone close by, they will find someone. Um, And if there's not a contract with them, then basically you get a bill from your provider and you take it into the TRICARE office and they take care of it for you. So I was after that four hour trip that was unnecessary. And I like had my piece of paper that said, I saw this person, great, cool. Um, Then I found a great specialist just by searching online, like I would for another doctor here in Kansas City. Um, Called them, made the appointment, asked if they took TRICARE, they did not. Met with my patient liaison and they were like, go ahead, we have on file, you know, what your issue is that you need the specialist and then they took that bill from us. So it was a little more legwork, but I felt empowered that I was finding someone that I felt comfortable with that was gonna be able to treat me well, instead of just be like, I'm going to who they told me to go to so I can check the box. You know, like we have to get these boxes checked for it to get paid for. Instead, it just like is a phone call, a conversation with someone. And when you're sick or when you're postpartum, that can be asking a lot of someone to, have that sort of like self-advocacy um, so having a partner or having a community that is kind of helping you out to say you know it is worth the phone call we'll figure this out or like go to the appointment I'll figure out the bill I'll take it into the patient liaison on my lunch hour you know I'm on base already those sorts of communications and being vulnerable and as active duty females or military spouses I feel like we're like I've got it like I'll take care of it it's fine, I've got it. And when you're sick and you're needing help, um, a team-based approach with your partner is like necessary. So.
0: No, that's, that's good
1: advice. Of, yeah. <laughs> because you're just, you're, you will take the easiest option, even if it's not the best option for you because you're just exhausted, right? Like you just want it to be done. And instead advocating for yourself a little bit harder to get that right doctor, to get that appointment tomorrow instead of two weeks from now, to get like the different breast pump that isn't available in the pharmacy at the whatever, you know, um, it's helpful when you have a partner that says like, I'll pick it up. I'll do the thing. I'll watch the kids. I'll, you know, like it's, you can't take care of yourself by yourself.
0: No, absolutely. And that's, you know, talking about community lately and building that community, no matter where you live, that helps as well. If your spouse can't get off work or so on and so forth. Um, definitely. Definitely that military spouse network. So you mm-hmm. mentioned prime. So is that the same for select too? Can they, is right. that the same? So or
1: different. So select is, I'm not going to use the fancy um, insurance words, but select is basically a price per service option. Meaning, so I was, you know, previous civilian who had health insurance. And to me, select is like every other health insurance. So there's a certain amount that you're going to pay out of pocket. Um, And I think I wrote it down here. So for in network, so if my doctor, my physical therapist, my whoever has a contract with TRICARE, select, I'm on TRICARE select. Um, In network for a primary care visit, it's $22. Out of network, it's $34. That's the copay? Um, that's the copay that's what you're gonna pay per visit for like i go in and get my yearly pap and all that good stuff 24 dollars. cool that's still really good insurance like that's excellent insurance um so we chose to live further away from base actually this time a for like a real estate investment and then b for also to have my ability to be on tricare select to choose my doctors um it was important for me coming from a more rural environment where I didn't feel like my health was managed very well to take this year and really focus on getting some answers with the doctors that I could pick cherry pick. Um, So I chose to be on TRICARE Select. You don't go through a primary care manager. You choose your doctors. um, And for certain services, you legally need a referral, um, but you don't need a referral to pay for insurance. So what I mean by that is, I don't need a referral to pick my OB-GYN. I don't need a referral to pick my dermatologist or my dentist. I can just pick online, give them a call. Hey, do you take TRICARE? Yes, we do. Great, make an appointment. Tons of people take TRICARE insurance. Fantastic. They know they're getting paid. They love TRICARE. (laughs) Um, Then certain specialists like physical therapy, we have different laws um, governing what we can do without a referral, based on the state that you live in. So in a bunch of states in the United States, you can go directly to a physical therapist, you don't need a referral from a doctor. You can walk in, you sprained your ankle playing kickball on Friday, you can go in on Monday with a sprained ankle and say, I need an appointment, I sprained my ankle, they're your people. Other states, you have to legally have a referral from a doctor to go to a physical therapist, and the same thing with a pelvic health physical therapist. Um, Because they're basically old laws. Before we had our doctorates, we were only following doctor's orders. Now we have our doctorates. We have evaluation skills in our schooling now to say, oh, this is actually fractured. You need to go get an x-ray or, oh, you rolled your ankle. We can work with you on that. So in some states, um, you have to have that referral from your doctor before you go into physical therapy. Um, That's not a TRICARE thing. That's That's a legal thing. What I think a lot of people get caught up with, um, especially postpartum, because pelvic health physical therapy, you already talked to my good friend, Amanda Fisher, um, about it. It's not the norm to get that referral. It's not the norm to know to go yet. So we're still educating a lot of new parents, but also educating providers that you should be giving that referral out to everyone at six weeks at your four to six week checkup. But if they don't offer it, to ask for it, um, and most of the time, they're like, oh, yeah, no problem. If they don't offer it, or if you ask for it, and they are like, what, why, you're not leaking, you don't have a prolapse, you don't, you know, like all these things, um, just go straight to the physical therapist or call them, email them, and say, I want to make an appointment with you. Would you mind calling my doctor to get a referral faxed over? It's the job of the physical therapist, like front desk, to keep referrals coming, to keep scripts in. They will do that work for you. They'll call them and say, you know, we have Laurel coming in um, on Monday. Can you go ahead and send over a refer- referral for this, this, and this? Here's our fax number. It's
0: that easy. So you don't need to see a PCM or anything. So you may have already,
1: like, be under the care of a, so maybe, like, you had your baby you had your six-week checkup, all is good. Um, You forgot to ask or they didn't offer for the referral. Nothing has changed. You're not like, there's no new thing that the the doctor needs to clear you of. They just saw you. So it is on a case-by-case basis. Um, Like if I had a new pelvic health patient come in with like excruciating pelvic pain and they hadn't been to their OB-GYN in three years, then I would say, you need to go get checked out by your physician first before I see you. This could be more than muscles basically, but I would just always advocate to go straight to the provider that you want to go to and have them do the heavy lifting for you.
0: No, I think that is the best advice uh, that I knew and know of because one, a lot of medical facilities don't offer it because it's still kind of new. Um, having a pelvic floor physical therapist, um, And even Dr. Miller that we interviewed and Dr. Fisher both said that you couldn't come in while you're pregnant. So, I mean, if you are a person that wants to be seen by a pelvic floor physical therapist while you're pregnant to make sure your muscles are strong, um, because Kegels aren't that like... I don't know. I tried one video and it was like, pick up a blueberry out of a straw. And I was like, I don't understand what you're doing to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Yeah. People don't realize that you don't have to hurt during pregnancy mm-hmm. and
1: that gaslighting from physicians, family members saying like, Oh, you're pregnant. Like, what do you expect? You're at the end of your pregnancy. And I've had friends who haven't been able to like put weight on their leg because of the sciatic pain. And I've told them, you know, Pain is not guaranteed to go away after the baby is born. Let's work on it now. Also, what's going to be better, you in no pain pushing this baby out, or you like can't get comfortable because of sciatic pain while you're also trying to birth? Like, there's just so much we can also work on birth prep, teach you how to push. Like, that's a thing.
0: We can teach you how to push your baby out. (laughs) That is, that's so funny you said that. So, in my (laughs) birth story, I literally said that they're like, go ahead and push. I was like, how? Like, I don't know. I was in, you know, rural Missouri where they didn't have any birth classes. Um, yeah. So that is, that is awesome and that you can advocate. So like I was saying, since military doctors don't really know pelvic floor physical therapy yet, you really have to find your own anyways. So after, you do. Se- yeah, so seven months of trying, I didn't even find you, right? Um. You were right in my local area and uh, they sent me, worry, I think, five different places that were just physical therapy offices because they didn't understand. So I ended up having to find my own. Um, so that's right. awesome yeah. for all moms to know is go find your own, call them, mm-hmm. and then they can figure out that referral without you having to deal with your PCM. Yes.
1: yes, that is their part of their job to look into your insurance, see if it's covered, give your doctor a call, and get that referral. Um, also, things that pelvic health physical therapy is not, because then some doctors, um, especially like urogynecologists or OB-GYNs, that's really the only offices I've seen do this, will say, oh, we do that here. You can just come here. Well, what they have done is they've trained a nurse practitioner or a nurse tech or a nurse, anyone in their office who is going to be this person, and they'll give you a handout, and they'll teach you how to do some pelvic floor contractions, or they, some people have invested in these really expensive, like, chairs that do e on your pelvic floor as you sit in them, or they, like, hook you up to a machine that shows you if you're doing kegels so that's not pelvic floor physical therapy (laughs) so if you're like oh yeah i did that it didn't work for me well that's not really what we do we do a full evaluation you have a personalized plan if all you got was a worksheet and hooked up to a machine that's not physical therapy um even though some people like to market it as that and then keep you in their office providing that for you so know that Um, I also had the experience because I did a lot of prenatal postpartum education when I was in Germany with OnBase and then also the providers in clinic because I was like, who are you all referring to? And they referred to a normal PT who basically just did all manual therapy, massage stuff around the outside of the pelvis. And so I said, so this is what we do are trained in the United States it's intervaginal. We do a full assessment. We're checking for prolapse, abdominal separation, you know, pain, all that stuff. And they were like, oh, and I said, yeah, so you're not sending people to pelvic health PT. So the providers didn't even know who they were referring to. Um, so I, I also coach women (laughs) to have them tell the doctor what to write on the referral. Say, I want the referral to say, Pelvic health PT for urinary incontinence, abdominal separation, pelvic organ prolapse, whatever. Take your little sheet in from like Google that you've looked up that you think you have, whatever it is, and have them write that down. Because if they just put like postpartum physical therapy, um, that could, that's such an unregulated thing that people are marketing because they now see that that birthing people are asking for more care. Um, so it's a funny little referral marketing world out there.
0: I'll put that in the episode notes, like in quotes. Because I think that's yes. what you know, I did too. I was like, okay, like, what symptoms do you have? Why do you need to see one? Uh, I'm leaking when I jump. Like I knew that was something. I was like, okay. was I? No, but like, okay, well, I need a <laughs> I just need to get yeah. in.
1: Right. Like, oh, I just pushed a baby out of my vagina. That's why <laughs> I was like to go to physical therapy. Thank you so much. <laughs> carried a human for 10 months. That's why. <laughs>
0: No. So that, that's good. So what, um, what is the biggest difference that you saw from OCONUS to CONUS on advocating for yourself? Was it different or no? Should we expect the same thing? So to be
1: honest with you, I have not had Prime. So the one where it's covered and you go through a PCM um, in the United States.
0: Yep. And most so- most spouses do not. Unless you're right, out of so that. Most- so most spouses are on standard your active duty automatically get put on prime. So this uh, okay. the spouse yeah. gets so to I mean choose primer uh, select.
1: Yeah. Um, so I have not had the PCM experience except for OCONUS. That was the first time I had to go through a PCM and, and choose my provider. Okay. Um, or, and then get referred without choosing my provider, I should say. So, I am much more comfortable in the select world because I think um, I come from, I am a provider, (laughs) and so I know what I'm looking for, uh, kind of who I want to be in charge of my care. Um, It has been tricky, though, like I've had a few emergency room visits here, and not feeling confident, like, oh, no, like, what if this ER, figuring out the ER in the city that takes TRICARE? Mm -hmm you know? So that's something to think about is if you're further away from base, like just go ahead and figure that stuff out, like before you need it, right? Who, what emergency room, what um, urgent care, that sort of thing uh, takes care. Just have that on the refrigerator. <laughs> um, but I liked my PCM um, in Germany. It was, I did feel like I had to validate or defend a lot of the times why I was asking for a referral, which in my book was strange, like from being a a care provider, if someone's asking for something, they've already gotten to the point that they've needed it for a while. People don't ask for things until they're really in need. And sometimes it takes a lot for people to ask because they're going to try to like push it under the rug as long as they can. Um, So I thought it was strange that I constantly had to like defend or show that I had different symptoms and I'm like, are you paying for this? Why am I having to defend this? Like, is this coming out of your paycheck? I don't understand. Um, But then ultimately I was able to get what I needed and it was still paid for. Um, It just did take a little bit more legwork. And I always, I've done a few kind of lessons on self-advocacy when you're asking for a referral. And for some reason you have a resistant physician is you know, kind of give, like, I want to go to this person, here's why, and here's, like, the history of my symptoms, so that people know how long you've been dealing with something, or that you've tried something else, or, like, give kind of the history of your symptoms. Also, talking the talk helps, so I always give the example of, like, if you go into a doctor, and you're like, I need to go to a hormonal specialist because I have adrenal fatigue, Physicians don't learn the word adrenal fatigue in medical school. That's a wellness term. That's something that we've all learned through like functional medicine doctors who now have Instagram accounts. Um, instead, you need to, you know, it's called like the something pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. That's the word. If I went into a doctor and said I had the HPA axis dysfunction, they'd be like, oh, interesting. We need to get your lab labs done um so it's hard and it's not fair um but it's also just part of the culture of medicine that you have 10 to 15 minutes with the individual so your communication has to be like on point to get your your point across
0: no and that's valid cuz you know we all think they read our records beforehand but they ask the same questions every time so um i definitely think one thing to add would be we have to keep records of our own medical history. So we can do that. Like, Hey, starting this a date. Cause you know, they're going to ask, Hey, when did this start? I don't know. A while ago. So having that kind of self record of yourself on when your symptoms started and what you experienced and the pain factor, like just having that, I think would get you be able to advocate for yourself more and get what you need faster.
1: That's such a good point and I think that military folks are also unique in the fact that we're moving so much and so we have like our stuff and like, this is my medical binder, this is my moving binder, you know, like these are the receipts for everything. Um, I like to have a one page, this is more for like chronic issue folks, you know, like you've been dealing with something for a long time, you've had to hop from doctor to doctor and so it's exhausting to tell your story again, right? To start over from the beginning, tell your story. So having a one-page, like, here are my top symptoms, here's the timeline, uh, um, like, when it started, when things changed, blah, blah, blah. On one side of the timeline, on the other side of the timeline, I do, this is where I was living, um, or that I was, like, I was in grad school, I, my husband was deployed, um, all these things. Some people, physicians, don't care about that. I love that as a provider because lifestyle changes tell me a lot about what's affecting these changes. Um, and it also is helpful as a practice to the person to put these pieces together that, oh my gosh, when I got worse was actually when I moved into that new house and my husband was deployed and, you know, I was sleeping four hours a night. Weird. Stress had something to do with that. And I like wasn't putting that together or that house was moldy and I had no idea until we moved. Like. Those sorts of things. Um, and then I always have people write down this doesn't need to be on anything that you give to the doctor, but in the notes section of your phone or something. Before you walk in, what are the top three things that you want to get out of that appointment? So, are you looking for a test to be ran? Are you looking for a prescription? Are you looking for a referral? Are you just there to tell, to hear that you're good to go? Um, what are you wanting to get out of that appointment? Because then you are driving. The result of that appointment instead of going in and saying i'm here this is what's happening i don't know i don't know what to do sounds like and my appointments just sticks me <laughs> that's yeah yeah which you know it is a provider's job to be connecting those dots for you but it's so helpful to know what end game um they're looking for at the end of that appointment because unfortunately physicians nurse practitioners primary care providers have 10 to 15 minutes, because that's what they're getting paid for from insurance reimbursement. It's not their choice. They're also burned out. They would love to spend more time with you, but unless you're gonna pay for $120 for 45 minutes of their time, um, that's what they're getting reimbursed for. So- Interesting. Not a great system. <laughs> um, and both, both sides of the aisle, the PT, or the, not the PTs, the physicians, the care providers, and the patients are not winning like it's not good for either party. So know that we should be working together to find the solution instead of just being angry. <laughs> the other side.
0: No, I really appreciate you've got quite a bit of nuggets that I will absolutely include in the episode notes, but um, I think one that you don't even recognize that you said was having on your refrigerator already planned out even before you need it is an emergency number that takes strike care. Um, yes. I think that is amazing. Uh, yeah. And then having you know what you want so you're driving the appointment ready um, and planned out and plus they always ask you at the end like hey what are the questions do you have and you always forget so having those ready is amazing um, and then being yeah. able to advocate for yourself that you don't have to rely on the medical system you can choose it you can go in there yeah. and then just again be that liaison your own liaison unfortunately um, with the TRICARE office yeah. I think that is and amazing also-
1: also know that like if you want to give Tricare Select a shot for a year, because you're like, maybe I want to choose my own providers. I've been dealing with this provider, hasn't gotten me what I wanted, and or my PCM isn't referring me or whatever, um, and some people love that system, and it's not an issue. If you want to try Tricare Select for a year, then you can always re-enroll every November, right? So you're not married into a system forever. You're not making your decision for the rest of your life. Maybe it's just one duty station that you look around and see the situation. Um, we have the opportunity to change our minds a little bit more than someone that moves to a new job and you're enrolling in healthcare. You get kind of one shot to choose your plan, um, and then that's you know you can change it the next November. But there's not you're not moving to a new city with new doctors, so there are more options for us. Um, and don't be afraid to make the wrong decision because it's it's a year, and then you can change your mind.
0: Yeah. So, and what she's talking about is actually we're in it right now as we record on December 5th, it's open enrollment season for TRICARE. So it starts November to December every year, or if you PCS, have a baby, basically they call them major life events. Um, you can change yes. your, uh, you
1: Good know, wish. from
0: standard to prime. So if you want to try it active duty, unfortunately you go automatically to prime, unless I believe you're like 45 miles away from the nearest um, installation. Yeah. Duty station. Yeah, okay. duty station um you can go ahead. yeah so then you can go ahead and get select and then spouses of course you can change as well mm-hmm. um so there's some information on that we are in it right now as you're listening so if you are interested um it it is intriguing we had trip on select for what while we we're uh in missouri for a year and loved mm-hmm. it that we could choose his own doctor mm-hmm. and not have to be seen on base especially with everything covid going on um and them right. not being able to do everything that off base could so it is interesting, especially right now in these times.
1: Yes, I, um, bringing that up, I know you're trying to wrap up and keep, um, telehealth services, um, military healthcare facilities are doing a great job with telehealth services. Also know that you know, calling in to folks and asking what their telehealth services are, this opens up a lot of doors for us for like physical therapy, mental health, things like that, that providers that you may not normally um, be in your city if they're in your state now, and they hold a state license where you are, then you have access to them. So um, I have some friends seen some great counselors and therapists um, on the other end of Kansas. They would never go to, but now that they're doing telehealth, they're covered by TRICARE, and they can see this awesome therapist um, over telehealth. So it also opens up some doors for us.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I did not even think about that. You can go to the, the big name people.
1: Yeah, exactly. As long as you're in the state where they have a license, then it's fair game.
0: Awesome. Well, Laurel, I really if, you know, just appreciate your expertise in this. I don't think we honestly realize that we can advocate for ourselves and that we can drive our health needs in the military because we're so used to being told what to do. Um, so thank exactly. you so much for everything. Um, and we just appreciate thank you, you on so today. much for having me. This was great. Yeah. All right. There was so many nuggets in that guys, oh my goodness. Like I said, having just a sheet on your refrigerator of what emergency centers or urgent care centers take TRICARE is immaculate. Never even dawned on me to to do that. Um, So we're going to include all her tips, advice, how to advocate for yourself in the podcast notes, Um, but share this episode. I think everyone, no matter if you are a mom or not, needs to hear this. So your episode notes and the podcast and YouTube can be found at militaryworkingmomcom slash episode 042. And don't forget to subscribe on whether you listen to the podcast, any podcast listening method, or our YouTube channel, The Military Working Mom Podcast. Thank you for listening to The Military Working Mom Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click subscribe and leave a review to help us reach more military moms just like you. And then to save time and receive posts as soon as they come out, Join our email list at www.themilitaryworkingmom.com and follow The Military Working Mom on Facebook to join our community of women as we discuss topics, ask questions, and share stories in a safe, judge-free environment. We are here to provide you with answers you need. Don't forget to join us next week as we continue to help you navigate your mom, wife, and military life.